Hello and welcome to the Ember of Football podcast. I am Andrew and alongside me is Callum. Callum, Merry Christmas to you. I hope you had a good one. I presume you did. Yeah, it was lovely, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, same to you. Had a had a great wee day and I was absolutely delighted to be back at work today. So yeah, <laughs> class, class couple of days. But yeah, no, how have you been? Yes, uh, much the same, Callum. Pretty quiet, but it was... Uh, Nice to have some uh, some family time and I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it and we hope our our listeners had a had a good Christmas as well. But now that all the the festive uh, you know the the, the putting a, a a face on while you have to speak to to family and whatnot, back to the important matters of football. So um, that's what we're all that's all we're interested in really. So Callum, we'll start with with Hibs. It's been a a busy period, uh, obviously, the, the rearranged fixture uh, last last week against Rangers. It was a big three games for Hibs, Rangers twice, uh, Livingston uh, as well in there, so not easy. Uh, three games, three points. Uh, I'm not unhappy. Uh, we're undefeated, Callum, but is, is three points enough for Hibs uh, where they currently are at this, at this moment in time? Well, if you look at it, based on last season where Hibs are just now they are well um, I've played 20 games and they are four points down on what they had at this stage of the season last year and it's just I'm not going to lie having seen the, the games go by for Hibs to have been Undefeated, I'm actually surprised that because in at least one of the games, Hibs deserved absolutely nothing. So to remain unbeaten, yeah, certainly good, but the quality of performance hasn't been there. And realistically, it's if you're wanting to be challenging for Europe, etc., with the runs that Killy, uh, Aberdeen, obviously Rangers and Celtic, and even Hearts now that Naismith's back are putting together. You need to be picking up points in your home games. And unfortunately, Hibs just a little bit stagnant at the moment. I would have said if you'd probably done two draws and one win, I would probably say it's the Livingston game that, that's let it down. Yeah. Um, if you picked up two points off Rangers, who who are improving all, all the time under Steven Gerrard, uh, if you picked up the three against Livingston and you come away with five points from those three games, I think it's a, it's a different story. We were at, obviously, at the Rangers game uh, at Easter Road, Callum. It was certainly a game that we <laughs> should have lost, but there was chances in that game as well that you could have taken all three. And to be honest, that's probably a theme for all three games. Certainly chances to lose all three, but chances to, to really pick up pick up nine points as well. Yeah, no, I'd certainly agree with you. I think going into the game against Rangers on the Wednesday night after the performance against uh, Celtic on the Sunday when, you know, Hibs, Hibs played them off the park, you're expecting them to take that into the game against Rangers. But I thought Rangers were by far the better team last Wednesday night. I thought their, their shape was excellent. They really... They stopped Hibs from playing. The, the, they were very well drilled. I don't think Hibs got much of a sniff. And, and when they did, it was it was very tough to try and get anything away. I think the first shot on target was in about the 70th odd minute. 
So it really describes how well Rangers played defensively. But Hibs just, eh, I think because Celtic are a different team, Celtic will let you play. That suited Hibs on the Sunday, so they kept the same team. But Rangers were a lot more in the face. They were a high-pressing game. They didn't want Hibs to settle and play. And, you know, it affected the rhythm of the game for long periods of time. Yeah, I was impressed with I was impressed with Rangers. They sort of they they almost had the same game plan as Hibs adopted against Celtic. Uh, they were in our faces, made it very difficult to play it from the back. And we were, you know, we were lucky. You know, we spoke after the game. We were lucky to come away with a point, but there was we still had big chances in there. We'd take all three, so it was frustrating because we had chances to win it. But I think we came away. We thought, you know what, a point's not bad there. The, the Livingston game, Calm. Chances again to chances again to win it, and it's but then we end up having to almost snatch a, a point through through you know the impressive Porteous and that that one that that was a frustrating one because we we probably did enough I thought to maybe coming with all three. Yeah, I think Hibs after the, taking the point off Rangers, if you'd said four points from the two home games against either side of the Old Firm, I think every. Supporter would have bitten your hand off for that, whether the Hibs or otherwise. If you've got the old firm back to back, you know, and you're picking up four points, that's a it's a very good haul. So going taking that point and going into the Livingston game, you're expecting a a big performance, and I think the the lineup surprised a lot of people. Six changes, and you had Lewis Allen and Ollie Shaw up front, and it just Ollie Shaw missed a couple of sitters against Rangers on the Wednesday night. He was well, hooked at half time or against Livingston as well. So yep. uh, I'm not saying that I agree with Lennon's managerial style, but I think it's he is he has been overly harsh, I think, his criticism of Camberry. I think if if my manager turned around to me and absolutely lambasted me out in the open in front of everyone, I would turn around and tell him where to stick his job. So if they pull me in in private and say I'm underperforming, I'll, I'll respond better to that. So, hmm. uh, but Cal, we don't know. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Perhaps, well, of course, of course. Perhaps but it I is think... a, an arm round. It is an arm round the shoulder, and this is. I don't know. I mean, I, I can. I'll go on and tell you a funny story I heard uh, on the Sports Sound uh, on Saturday when I was making my way down the Civil game. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that one later. It was Cammy Bell was speaking about a Neil Lennon uh, tactic he used a, a pre pre Derby last season. So I'll come on to that when we preview our uh, our Derby game this weekend, Cam. But sorry to, to go back to it. You don't know what's going on behind closed door, but I agree with you. Some of the post match that. Uh, talking points from, from Lennon have been have been interesting. Yeah, and I mean obviously Camberry misses the penalty and if if Hibbs had got the equaliser at the time and then pushed on, possibly could have taken all three points. You don't know Livingston are very resilient, they're very good at the back. So it's it's always going to be a tough game. I think the fact that Livingston have come to Edinburgh and they're still unbeaten, having been to Tynecastle and Easter Road and what surprises you even more is that both teams have missed a penalty in those <laughs> games. You know, Stephen Naismith missed one for Hearts, and then Camberry's missed one for Hibs. So yeah, you look 
sorry, <clears throat> you're looking at it, and yeah, it probably is three points that both Hearts and Hibs should have got from those games. But <sighs> I think the way Livingston have been playing, they are difficult to beat. But yep. the if if Lennon could settle on a team. I think as well, though, Cam, what, you, what you've got to remember is you, ha- you have to make changes. It would have been very difficult for Hibs to probably have gone same team three games in a row in such a short period. What would it have been, you know, three games in six days with the same 11? It would have been very difficult. So I can understand why... Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying that he shouldn't change the team because obviously Hibs have, Hibs have a very busy... December schedule, but yeah. what shouldn't be happening is Lewis Allen has started two games this season and both against Livingston. Yeah. So if if you think he's good enough to be in and around the squad, that shouldn't be his only two starts yeah. of this whole season where he's yeah, played point. X amount of games in the league, the league cup, and in European football. Lewis Allen has said two starts, so mm-hmm. I think that's that's where I'm more going with it. You Fair know point. that the guys that are going away to Australia, get them played. Because you know that they're not going to be around for the derby and then they're not going to be around for sort of games against Elgin towards the end of January. So get them played as much as they can. I mean, Mm. who cares what happens with Australia, but utilise them while you have them here and Mm. give the boys that are going to be here throughout January a a wee bit of a rest in these games. Well, it was interesting. Speaking of strikers, Callum, Lewis Allen hasn't had many starts. Either Jay McLaren, but he was straight in from a start against Rangers uh, on Boxing Day. A 1 1 draw, Callum, away to, to Ibrox. That probably is the best result of all three. I thought that was uh, that's a good point, especially to go behind as well. Yeah, I think absolutely spot on. The, the thing about Jamie McLaren getting pitched in, just as a slight aside, you've got Lennon in the paper saying that. Strikers aren't doing it for him. They're not. They're not contributing enough. Lewis Allen is the exception, and Lewis Allen wasn't even in the matchday squads on Boxing Day. So, mm. how can he go from being the best thing since sliced bread after the Levy game on Saturday to being out the squad altogether? Kibbs going to Ibrox. If I'm honest, when we did our predictions at the start of the month, um, we both highlighted this as a game that Hibbs would probably lose because of the form that Rangers have been in at home. Having seen Rangers last week, I genuinely, I mean, Morales, Morales sorry, pronouncing it like McCoy does, Morales <laughs> missed about five or six chances. Yep. Didn't think that he would have another game like that and, you know, expected Rangers to come away with three points. So for Hibs to go there, go 1-0 down, battle back into the game and Darren McGregor, I think he's at fault for the for Rangers goal but Agreed. absolutely right place, right time and the fact that he absolutely dominates Andy Halliday well, <laughs> you know, couldn't happen a nicer bloke so, <laughs> fantastic result for Hibs and honestly that I didn't see that coming if I'm honest mm. A good confidence booster I think for, for the derby this weekend uh, A couple of, of people I want, I want to mention or a few things I want to mention, Calm. Uh, quickly before we move on to, to speak about Hearts, Bogdan, he's he played fantastic yesterday against uh, against Rangers at Ibrox. He was the difference at the the game at Easter Road uh, between the two sides. He, he's 
he's been some signing so far for, for Hibs, especially with Marciano eh, being injured and laid law too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think you've actually reminded me of that. I remember being at the game and thinking that Marciano got himself injured the way that he sort of went down. I think it was through his own actions that he like pulled his calf or whatever. So Bogdan came in and, well, you know, we were, I, well, I was critical of him after the St Mirren game, but he's he's turned it around. He is actually a very good goalkeeper and, <laughs> you know, some fantastic saves in the game against Rangers. And then, well, he just continues that on. And, you know, he has been a fantastic signing for Hibs, one which at the time I thought, hmm, this could be mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, another player I want to mention, I think he deserves a mention, Callum. He, he was a player that was on loan at Edinburgh City uh, for the first part of last season and, and didn't really get a lot of game time. Um, and you're probably thinking, you know, if you're not really sitting the the header of light in League Two, you're probably going to struggle long-term to break into Hibs' first team. But he's come in, Callum. He came in against Celtic. He, he, he played uh, yesterday, coming on for Lewis Stevenson, Sean Mackey. Every time he gets the ball in an, in an attacking uh, in the opposing half, Callum, he's putting in he's putting in quality balls. He set up the second for Camberry. Well, Camberry still had a lot to do, and then he's stuck in a magnificent ball yesterday for Dan McGregor. How important could Sean Mackey be over the next couple of weeks, especially with with Lewis Stevenson injured? Well, a hundred percent. I think the thing about the left back position. Uh, Easter Road has sort of been Lewis Stevenson's to lose for a wee while now. So yeah. for someone like Sean Mackey to come along, and I like Lewis Stevenson. Don't don't get me wrong, and I will probably be chastised by the hip support for saying this, but I've always had slight doubts over his ability at times. And final ball, his yeah. final ball. I mean, the laddie can't cross the road, so it's. It's always been one thing that has annoyed me, but Mackey, one touch, fantastic ball in, and McGregor's there, and a deserved equaliser for Hibs on. Yeah. on you know, Saturday. fair play to him. As I said, fair, you know, fair, fair play to Mackey. He's knuckled down. As I said, he went on loan. He didn't really get a lot of game time. He's probably questioning himself at that point, going, God, if I can't really get knuckled down a starting position in League Two, you know, how, how am I ever going to break into Hibs' first team? You know, I, but he's knuckled down. He's just continued with under twenties. He's he, he looks, you know, he, he he's got a good shape about him. If you know what I mean, I, I know you. I'll say this now. You know, you know, slag me off for the end of time. But he doesn't look a young laddie. If you know what I mean, he's he's well built and and he's coming and done and done really well. So you know, fair play to him. And... What is it with you and left backs this season? <laughs> yeah, fair point. Fair point. Honestly, Robbie McIntyre is going to take the half because you're looking at another left back. <laughs> but also, Calm. Just the final comment there is, well, two things. I suppose nice to see, obviously, David Gray and, and Hanlon back in a starting lineup for Hibs. Massive. Um, massive, especially given that we've now got three players going away on international duty with with Australia. Disappointing we're losing Hibs are losing these players for the next the next week because I imagine Australia will well, go pretty far in this competition. It's one of those, after the derby, of course, I genuinely thought that Hibs would still be able to call on them come the this Saturday. But there is the, the winter break and the first game after the winter break is Elgin in the Scottish Cup. So Hibs shouldn't need these players against Elgin. No, no disrespect, of course, but 
they are they are going to be away the majority of January, but Hibs should be able to cope with with the squad and hopefully obviously it's January, you can expect a few additions. So there is yeah. the off chance that there might be a late Christmas present in Scott Allen. <laughs> okay, before we obviously preview Derby Calm, we'll, we'll speak Hearts. They've had two games. They had no midweek game. Uh, they were up in Pataudry uh, at the weekend. We, we said that it was going to be difficult, but if they played to their full capabilities and got back to the hearts of uh, the start of the season, then they'd have a real good chance of going up there. Uh, it would be a it would be a battle. We 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 said it would be a battle. And it, and it was, uh, but they, they came away with a, a 2 0 defeat, Callum, and yeah, a, a disappointing pre Christmas for Hearts there. I think so. They got off to the worst possible start, uh, if I'm honest. They, after what, a minute and a half, the ball goes in, big Sam Cosgrove. Now, I'm not saying that I'm eating humble pie here, but. I've been slating him all season and then I think he scored about six goals in like two minutes but <laughs> he, after and a half and it's a fantastic header he gets up get, get, puts it in the one place that I think Doyle can't get to Agreed. and you know it's it's a fantastic header from him but it's the worst possible start for Hearts because you're going up there and you, you, you're thinking to yourself well let's keep it tight first 10-15 minutes you know we'll, we'll let them have a little bit of a bump, like because obviously the home team will always start well. Let them have their moment, weather that storm, play yourself into the game. But my God, it was the worst possible start. And then you, you're st- already well mountain to climb. Agreed. Yeah, they're up, they were up against it. Yeah, absolutely, Calum. The, the second one, the second goal penalty. Uh, Soft for me, I thought it was quite soft. No, um, I wouldn't even say soft, it's never a penalty. Mm-hmm. If if that if that is a penalty when you've got Scott McKenna, big guy, Christoph Berra, big guy, and they're both at it, and then all of a sudden McKenna goes over. If that's a penalty, you're seeing that I don't know how many times a game, and realistically. If they want to make football like basketball, non-contact sport in the box, then you're going to have to be given eight to ten penalties a game because that happens every single free kick, every single corner. But that was never a penalty for me, and it just it just sunk hearts really. Yeah. You no, know, I I don't think there was too much between the, the teams, but I mean, Levine came out and said. You know, felt it should have two penalties. McKinnis fired back, saying Hearts are always looking for penalties, and they've been involved in a wee bit of childish war of words. If I'm honest, it's just just yeah. a bit silly. If I'm honest, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a, it's been a, I mean, yeah, if it's it, Levine normally when he's noising people up, it's like it's quite funny. But I, I think at this point, it was just. Sort of like Charlie Nicholas's comeback on Soccer Saturday. I'm like, oh, come on, just just leave it. Eh? Yeah, for uh, for me now, uh, if I'm honest, I think Levine is almost like purposefully just making it his goal just to to almost annoy everyone and just be the the constant villain all the time. It's almost like he's playing up with it. I mean, I listened to the radio after the game yesterday, and McInnes had his had his chance to 
to fire back at Levine, if you know what I mean, after Levine's comments. And, yeah. you know, uh, McInnes was disappointed because the conversation that him and Levine had, I think Levine tried to say that it was McInnes phoned him, but it was actually Levine phoning McInnes. And also it was a, a private conversation that the two of them ha- held, you know, almost, you know, in confidence, you know, a, a private conversation. Right, and like... he, was, he was disappointed that Levine has, has, has then made that public. So, but going back I... to... I'm not wanting to get involved in no. sort of Chinese whispers between the two of them. No. Just stop acting like schoolgirls and go on with it. Yeah. But the thing is, I think he's actually got a point because Stephen A. Smith, as much as Stephen McLean takes an if he takes if Stephen McLean takes a better first touch, I think he scores there, but his first touch is poor yep. from the free kick, which allows Lewis to come out, smother it. But yeah. Big chance Stephen, that Stephen A. Smith, that's a penalty. It is a penalty, especially if you're given a penalty for Scott McKenna going down. This is what um, it's, it's, an, it's an absolute blatant penalty on Stephen Aceworth because he's got the run on him. I don't think he's getting to the ball, but that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Max Lowe pulls him back, and it's a penalty. And if yeah. anything like that happens any other game, if it's up the other end, McInnes is calling for it. So for me... Hearts were hard done by. Obviously, they have to score the penalty. Joe Lewis is quite good. So, I think I think they should have had at least one up there. I think there was another couple of shouts which I thought were very soft. I don't think the Peter Haring one was. Sean Clare definitely wasn't in, in the sort of same move. But, I mean, if Hearts had got that penalty, it goes back to one each. And I'm not saying that Hearts were brilliant and they deserved anything out of the game, but it would have been interesting to see where the game would have gone from that point. Yeah, I think that's going back to your point, Cal. That's exactly what all we're asking for in Scottish football is consistency. And if you're given the penalty for one thing, uh, a very similar thing happens at the other end, and it's not given. That's where, that's why we're talking about it now. You know, yeah. if that is that inconsistency. How can you give one on on for Aberdeen? For almost the exact same thing, and it, that's where you just it just it just bemuses you really. It is. I mean, if you're going to be pish, just be pish, <laughs> but don't be pish fifty percent of the time. Yeah. And like you know, just keep it keep it steady. You know, agreed. agreed. So, um, aye. The the last sort of thing about the the game up there, Mitchell's red card. That for me. Stupid. I mean, if, it, if it's if it's football manager and you get the opportunity to find a player for stupid red cards, I swear to God, yeah, what is he doing? Yeah. There is absolutely there's no need for him to commit the first foul. There's the first, absolutely sorry, yeah. nowhere near the why he needs to make the second foul. Absolutely shocking, and you know, it's just a pointless red card, a pointless suspension that Hearts will have to deal with later in the season, and it's just it baffles you. You know, like the boy, I think McLennan, McLennan, whatever his name was, he was away and he just clutched it. And you're like, why are you doing that? Yeah, like, why are you being so petty? Just, yeah, just let yeah. him go. It's it's not going to make any difference here. It's 2 0 in the 80 odd minute. Just leave it, eh? Yeah, but yeah, I just I agreed. I was surprised I... that he he just chucked it really, lost the head a bit, yeah. But they, they bounced back on, on Boxing Day, Calm. They were playing Hamilton. And, you know, it's funny because Hamilton uh, listened to the radio uh, for, for the games yesterday. And, uh, they were saying at Hamilton, they're 
they're they're all they're like they're awful, and then they go on like a run of like three or four games, and they're decent, and they pick up like seven points at a possible nine, and you think, oh, this is better, and then they go back to to awful again, and and that's what Hearts were up against yesterday. They're Hamilton were poor, but Hearts done the job, and it's a it's a two 0 win, and it's it's three points, and it's it's a good prep for, for the derby this weekend. First goal, Callum Stephen A. Smith. I'd probably say there's not many players in the in the Premier League uh, that could that could have scored that goal. To be quite honest, it's a great touch and opens the body up in a really good fit. Well, to be fair, if I'm honest with you, I think if Stephen Aysmith was under a little bit of pressure, I'd agree with that because <laughs> I do think he is a fantastic player. But the fact that no Hamilton Aki player is anywhere near him and he has the absolute freedom to just stand there, pick his spot and it's a delightful finish but before the first goal goes in he misses an absolute sitter, it's a fantastic ball in from uh, young Callum Morrison who had a great game on Saturday, uh, sorry not Saturday um, Wednesday there, the Boxing Day all all the days are just merging into one I hate the (laughs) festive period so and he's literally about three yards out back post and he headers it wide and yeah. absolutely no idea how he does it but he makes up for it fantastic finish and I don't know whether it was having Naismith back and the effect of being back at Tincastle but there was a little bit more about Hearts and yes Hamilton were poor but you have to beat these teams you know because there's you can turn up and just not be able to hit a count in the backside with a banjo Sometimes, so you have to you have to put them to bed, and it was a solid result for us. Yeah, June picked up uh, a goal for himself as well. Uh, late, uh, not long after, um, decent finish actually, quite sharp. Bit, a bit of a, a ball in the box here, but it's it's, it's Godinho and, and Morrison were, were two players that stood out um, at the weekend there, and you know fair play to Godinho, another player that was on loan in League Two, but when he's at Berwick uh, last season, but. And Callum Morrison as well. He's been utilised in the low market as well. He was still in Albion a few seasons ago. I don't think it was last season. I think it was the season before. But uh, two players that have, that have done well for Hearts, Callum. Godinho especially. I think he was he almost got thrown in last season from, from almost uh, nowhere. I think it might have been a derby, actually. But he's he's done well. And again, that's adding depth to the Hearts squad when you can pull in young players and, uh, and, and they're performing. And it's a good sign for Hearts. Yeah, I think with the injury problems they have, I mean, I think for myself, I, I heard more good reports about Garuccio on the left mm-hmm. having a good game than Godinho on the right. But I agree with you, Callum Morrison. I think he's been one bright spark in in Hearts' season. Well, sorry, one of the bright sparks in Hearts' season. He's a really good player, very good going forward. He's got a fantastic delivery. And, you know, with Michael Smith, being played in the centre because you know Hearts for some reason, well Hearts centre halves don't want to stay fit for whatever reason mm. this season. So he's he's been playing centre half moved into centre. So you've got to look at other options. And Godinho stepped in and done really well. So yeah. you can only be happy with with how he's getting on. I think uh, as well you mentioned Garuccio. He's got to play left back now. He just. Yeah, he, he he has to be Hearts left back going forward for the remainder of the season. Hundred percent, unless unless they're going three at the back and they're playing two wing backs, 
We're going to have loads of the ball, not be not be pressurised, yeah. and maybe you play Mitchell. You but... can play Mitchell, but I think he's far better forward. Although to be fair, I think the the Demi Mitchell that they had that Hearts had last season, and the Dimitri Mitchell that Hearts have this season is almost an entirely different player. Is mm-hmm. I think he in flashes he has certainly shown the player that he is, the player that he can be, but mm-hmm. more often than not he has shown the other side of his game where he's not been as effective, which is a real a real dampener because I think every Hearts fan was absolutely delighted with the news that he was coming back. Mm-hmm. Last point, Callum, before we preview the derby. Uh, we spoke quite a lot about Zlamal uh, in, a, in the previous podcast there, Callum, and he has been he has been dropped. I mean, as simple as that. The last the last couple of games, Doyle's come in and and he's not had too much to do. So I fully expect he'll be he'll be the goalie for the foreseeable future until he until he passes up the gloves. Yeah, I think. Well, we spoke on the podcast last week about how it could be very detrimental to Zlamo's confidence if he's dropped for Doyle. So. We'll have to see what happens there. But I think, in all honesty, he's done well in his two performances while he's had the gloves. So he he, he deserves them, really. I mm. think the he's, he's definitely a, a solid enough goalkeeper, uh, a good shot stopper. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting on that. I was, I was expecting a shot But no, uh, it's... It's good for Hearts to have a solid keeper in the sticks, but you know, like you say, Doyle's not really been tested. I don't think Aberdeen had too many chances. Hamilton certainly didn't have any. I think the last sort of thing about the Hearts game on Saturday was the penalty that was awarded. The red card was a hundred percent yes. The the boy won two fouls. He could have gone for a straight red with his first one. But the second one pulls Nee Smith back 100%. The penalty, never a penalty. Don't know, don't know how it's been given. Apparently for handball, <laughs> absolutely farcical that the Don Robertson thinks that that's a deliberate handball from Ziggy Gordon there. But I think Hearts were obviously just wanting to take it easy on Hamilton and let Michael Smith take the penalty for some reason. When I'm sure Naismith was still in the park, I'm not sure if Sean Clare was on the park. So, guys that perhaps maybe would have wanted a goal, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Smith rattled the bar, and I think justice was done in that moment because it was never a penalty. So, it would have been harsh for Hamilton to to lose the third goal that way. But if they had lost more, I don't think they could have had any complaints because Hearts were by far the better team. Okay, so this weekend, uh, half past five. On Saturday uh, evening, it's the Easter Road, and the, the two teams meet. Calb, I hope it's a, a better derby than than the one uh, we've seen at uh, at Tynecastle on on Halloween. It was a bit of a stinker, but I think derbies usually are better at Easter Road. I think Tynecastle pitch is a little bit smaller, it's a bit tighter. I think the bigger pitch probably suits both sides in terms of of their attacking style, getting width into the game, and, and so on. So. Yeah, hoping for a, for a better game, a better spectacle. And it's probably right in the balance. Two teams that have, let's be honest, have stuttered over the past 
two months, you know, they, they pick up a win and then they don't back it up and it's been draws and defeats and uh, on similar sort of form for the since the last derby, if we're being quite honest. Yeah. So, yeah, this could be a real opportunity for, for both sides to finish 2018 on a real high. Yeah, I think I think it is going to be an interesting game. I, I genuinely... I think it is going to be very tight. The... One thing's for certain, Hearts, I think the last three derbies at Easter Roads, I think every every man in their dug will will admit that Hearts haven't performed. They, they didn't manage a shot on target in either derby at Easter Road last season, which really is pretty unacceptable. But it's I think it's going to be fast, furious. There's going to be... A lot of players in there that know exactly what this game's about. There's going to be a few players in there that don't. I think folk like Canberry will certainly be looking to make amends for what happened at Tynecastle with him getting sent off. Then. I think at the same time as well, I think there'll be a few Hearts players. Oh, well, I mean, Berra, Berra will 100%. He's, he's tasted victory there. I think he might be the only member of the Hearts squad that has won at Easter Road. I mean, Stephen A. Smith's done it with Kilmarnock and Rangers, so I think he'll be looking to make it a hat-trick with Hearts, but it is definitely going to be an intriguing fixture. There is quality in both teams, and, you know, I think I think it's going to be a very, very good game. I, If I'm honest, I don't think I'll see much of it, but <laughs> That that well no I will see some of it I think it'll just be a little bit blurry but it's I think it's going to be fantastic I think I think it could well be a very 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 good derby yeah I think it's something going to be one to watch I think both teams will know this is what the last this is the last game before the sort of the break this is uh, yeah the last game before the break they can they can go full at it uh, Hibs coming off a decent point away at Ibrox Hearts coming off three points at home. Uh, to Hamilton, both will be looking to finish 2018 in a high. Yeah, I think it's made up, made to be a, a real, real good derby. And uh, if I'm honest, I think the first goal, I know it's so cliche, but I think the first goal is absolutely vital in this game on, on, on Saturday. Uh, on Saturday, yeah. And I actually, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals in, in the game. I think it's going to be tight. I think a winner will be by the odd goal. I can't see a team running away with it this time. Um yeah, it's going to be intriguing. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd 100% agree. I think, I think it's going to be a very good game, and we'll see what happens come, come next week. Podcast might be cancelled. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, no, we'll, 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 uh, we'll be, we'll be on. No doubt about that. But it was a wee story I heard actually on Saturday when I was driving down to the, the civil game. I took that in last week, Callum, and Cammy Bell was on it, and he was speaking about uh, Neil, Neil Lennon, and. Telling telling a story about about Neil Lennon and Derby last season eh, when Hibs won two 0 at Easter Road and all week all week Neil Lennon eh, wasn't happy with with training he wasn't happy with the boys at training he, he thought they were they, they looked eh, nervous apprehensive anxious about the upcoming Derby he wasn't happy eh, so they turn up to the to the game on on the Saturday and you know all the all the boys are in the changing rooms and. Usually the team gets announced, you know, an hour and fifteen minutes before the game. So, an hour and fifteen minutes before the game, no sign of Neil Lennon. 
and around 10 minutes before the game, still no sign. Boys are like, you know, they even know the team yet. You know, boys are looking around going, you know, what, what's happening? And now we're in five minutes before the game, still nothing. The boys are like, you know, what's going on? About an hour before the game, the coach's room opens up, Neil Lennon strolls through in his towel, right? <laughs> shower gel in the hand, towel just walks right into the right into the changing into the showers in the in the changing rooms and all the boys are looking around going, What's he doing? <laughs> like got a derby in an hour's time, you know what I mean? What's going on? And uh, has his shower, walks back out, doesn't look at anyone, doesn't speak to anyone, goes back into his coach's room after the shower, <laughs> and then about ten minutes later he strolls through, flips over the flip chat, announces a team, doesn't he say anything, team go out, Hibs win two 0 and <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> Some, there some you the, go. I, the, I mean, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm almost speechless. There, I have no idea how to. <laughs> ah, um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, managers have strange ways of motivating their teams for for games, and that one, that one worked on on that occasion. But I, I don't presume he'll use it, use it again anytime soon. Hopefully, it's been a better training week for Hibs, and they can go in a bit more, a bit more confident. Absolutely. Okay, that's enough of, of Hibs and Hearts. We've given them far too much air, far too much air time. Um, we'll move on to, to Edinburgh City. Top of the league, Callum. Uh, they went up to Cowdenbeath. We said that Cowdenbeath were better this season. They are better than this season. They had to be uh, going by previous seasons. Uh, they were sitting sixth in the league. We, we said it was going to be quite tight, quite tricky. But to be honest, they came away with a, a lot more comfortable result than I, than I actually expected. I thought maybe 1-0, maybe 2-1. But... It's a two 0 win, Callum, and they were they were really really comfortable, to be honest. Yeah, I think I think I said it a few three or four weeks ago on the podcast after another city win because it's just every single week we talk about them winning. I think, and I said, what they're doing is they're just doing what you know a sort of fair game Man United team did. They're going away to a West Brom, winning two 0 and just getting the result. And sometimes they might not play brilliantly. Sometimes they might play brilliantly. It doesn't matter. They're just picking up the three points wherever they go. It's an absolute juggernaut. And it, there's like no signs of stopping it. Yeah. First goal, Callum, own goal. I think Scott Shepard tried to claim it, but definitely an own goal. Yeah, I think, yeah. I definitely chalked that up as an auggie. Good play, cut across. Uh, can't really blame the defender if he didn't hit it. Shepard's tapping it in anyway, but... Second goal, Callum, long throw. What did I say about uh, if you watch the highlights back? It's like a, it's like playing a postage stamp. Uh, Central Park, long throws by the plenty. Yep, you did last um, week. Any goal, even even like goal kicks, you can almost go box to box. And the second goal, I mean, it's not even a long. Th- I mean, it is a long throw, but it's not even a long throw if you know what I mean, Callum and Henderson. Yep. I mean, it's, it, it, there's no way. I mean, that's just pretty poor defending to be honest. There's no way he should be getting his head to that, Callum. But gets in between. Two cent, uh, well, two two defenders and just does what he does. Let's be a, honest. Finds a corner. Twenty fifth goal now, Callum, and it's twenty eight. Yeah. Incredible, incredible yeah. running, and they see yeah. out, and they see out pretty comfortably. In all yeah. honest, and it was... he missed, he missed the chance earlier on. He hit the post. Yeah, that's right. And then you know, but you can't keep him down long. Uh, you know, if it's if it's not the big man getting getting the goals, you know, someone else will pop up. I think there was one sort of thing, I think, um, and I have seen them given, and I have, especially with Scottish referees at this moment in time, when 
he couldn't be well, he was running through and bad when he just stepped across and blocked him mm. and he was right on the edge of the box and I thought to myself I didn't think that City went down to 10 men but I, in my head I was like that could have been a red because mm-hmm. first half yeah first half yeah. you see them giving constantly you know although it's outside the box there's no attempt to play the ball and it's one of those oh yeah yeah. But thankfully, yellow cards because he is an absolute rock at the back. Uh, him and Liam Henderson are just fantastic partnership. You know, the best that City have had since Mubu and Poches. So it's just fantastic for them to have that sort of security at the back. And then at the other end, absolute Mr. Reliable. So, yeah. And it was, it was, they have to keep winning because Peter Head, they are, they are going to do the same. Peterhead, they're, yeah. they're, they're another team that are that are a, a very very good side. They they were always going to be there or thereabouts. Uh, to be honest, I think if they if Ember City were to win the league, I think Peterhead would probably be one of the favourites to go up anyway to the playoffs. Um, I think for City to win the league, they're going to have to keep winning because Peterhead are, are going to keep winning. Yeah, they picked up another three points, so it's well, Berwick. It's Berwick this weekend, Callum. Mm-hmm. Ninth in League Two. Uh, Harvey came in, new manager came in, probably about six to eight weeks ago now. And results did pick up. However, it's not been a good December for for the the team from <laughs> the English team. Right. Uh, Berwick. They were 3-0 up on Clyde on the 1st of December, Callum. They ended up drawing 3-3, I think, if I remember correctly. Well, they certainly drew 3-3, but I'm pretty sure they were 3-0 up as well. Yeah. Um, Eighth of a week later, they played Peter Head. They lost five 0 Fifteenth of December, their game was called off. Last weekend against Annan, they lost four 0 So it's, it's not been a good December. One point from three games. It, it won't be easy because Berwick, you know, under new management, you still, you know, he's brought in players that are eager to impress. He's brought in a few players from uh, the juniors, uh, from from Pennycook. So they'll be e- still eager to impress, but they've had a tough couple of weeks. Again, we almost see it every week, Callum. The Ember City what what win the list league. This has to be three points. Well, I mean, we say I know we say it every week, but it's true. You know, the the stat last season proved it. Montrose went up with seventy seven points. Peterhead had seventy six. You know, if you want to win this league, that's the consistency you have to show. Yeah. Now, five points clear at this moment in time. Peterhead do have the game in hand, but. It's always better to have points on the board than games in hand. Mm-hmm. So that if if you're wanting to win this league, these are the games you have to win. If you're content with playoffs, go there, get a point. But if you're wanting to win leagues, you have to show the consistency that Edinburgh City have so far this season and just keep on going. It's just every single week. Doesn't matter. Pick yourselves up, go again, and just f- battle through. Because the form they've shown has been fantastic. There will be, well, to be fair, next month. I I would like to think that they can keep this squad together. But there are a lot of people writing articles just now saying that certain clubs should be looking at certain players at Inver City. Agree, yeah, I know. I know. So, and obviously... Blair Henderson is 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 the main one, but yeah, 
a lot a lot of the players in that city squad are capable of playing at a higher level. So I think for them to go up this year automatically, they have to keep the squad together. Absolutely praying that they do because they've been fantastic so far this season. And if if I was at Edinburgh City, then you would want to see where you could go. You would want to see if you could write another chapter into the history of this club. Yeah, you I know, agree. It's join, uh... join the greats that won promotion, like yourself. <laughs> yeah, like you say, it's um, it would be a, it'd be a shame if they were to lose three or four, uh, or even one or two. Yeah. It's a real shame because you just don't know what might have happened if they held on to. To players, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, Ember City, short and sweet, but they got the job done. Not a lot of talking points from last weekend. They went up to no win, comfy this weekend. Let's be honest, it's top versus ninth. If you want to win the league, it's a good point. If you're a gambling man, it's an absolute banker. Yeah. Okay, moving on to the lonely Callum. Uh, we'll start with civil service. I was there uh, yeah, last I'll, week. You, I'll let you dictate. Yeah, thank you very much. I went down, they, they, pick, they, they played edge sport. Um, as I said, edge sport, decent side. I, I, I know they're a decent side. They've got good, some good players. I mean, um, the boy Sinclair played, the boy Matty Flynn played, uh, McLaughlin played, the captain. All players with with SPFL experience blended in with, with talented um, French players. They're a decent side. Um, Civil, I thought people will look at it and see a, a late winner. And maybe thought ah, maybe a bit undeserved, but not at all, not at all from me. Um, apart from from one one shot uh, midway through the first half, which was well saved by civil new goalkeeper uh, on loan from United uh, Donaldson, I think is that right, Josh Donaldson. Josh, Josh Donaldson, yeah. Yeah. Apart from that, Calm, they 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 really threatened to be honest. Uh, to go through the game, civil started better side, adapted to the. To the pitch quicker. I mean, again, that that typical kind of pitch calm that you look at from a distance, you think, ah, it looks decent. It looks decent, but when you get closer to it, there's a couple of rolling hills, and it it was, you know, it was it was wet. It's been quite a, a wet into uh, the into the week calm, so it was quite heavy, but plenty of grass on it. But it was maybe quite difficult underfoot. Civil adapted quicker. They were a threat um, right from the off. Churchill probably disappointed with a. With a header, he should have done a little bit better after a cross on the left-hand side. He just failed to make real good contact. A couple of dubious offside decisions, if I'm quite honest. Very similar to the one at Forest Callum, where a player was right through the, the Steve, heart of right. it. Right through, and one-on-one with the goalie, but the, the linesman put his flag up. You're thinking, well, oh, I'd like to see that again. Stephen Froud. Yeah, it was actually Froud on this occasion. And Mayer as well, there was two. You're thinking, oh, I'd like to see them again. There was also a disallowed goal in there as well for, for Civil. Again for offside, but it was a bit of a scramble. Another one I'd, you know, I'd, I'd like to have seen again. But Edge Sport did start to come into it about midway through the first half. It was the best period of the game from about the thirty-minute mark onwards till half time. Uh, they did have the sort of hill at their back. Uh, they started to make that count. They started to get Sinclair on the ball a little bit more, and it was him that pulled off a, a really good stop. I think I texted you at the time saying. Sort of like, wow, what a save. Like, like uh, almost like full capital letters, exclamation marks, the lot. Having watched it back on the highlights, I think if it had gone in, you'd be probably disappointed, if you were honest, but it's still a really good stop. Um, 
I think when you watched it live, there was a, there was a lot of power behind it, uh, and it did sort of. I think he was maybe slightly unsighted from maybe one of the civil centre halves, but he'd done really well to tip it over the bar. Um, and then the second half, civil dominated. To be honest, they had like five, six corners in a row that were all just cleared or just tipped, you know, away by the goalkeeper. Clappy had a magnificent chance, one of them with the goalie, but they eventually got the goal late on. Guthrie and Hopkinson come on, um, two attacking players with a lot of composure, and it showed. Froud gets it well, flicks on, Hopkinson drives through, one of them with the goalie, gives him the eyes, sends him the wrong way, finds the corner, and they've got the deserve three points and a. A real good confidence booster going into to the derby this weekend, Callum. They play Spartans. Spartans last weekend, they came from behind Callum. They were very poor first half, but they, they turn it round the second with, with two goals. A decent result. They needed to get three points, and that's what they've done. Well, yeah, I think we've been saying for a while that Spartans, if they're wanting to hold on to their title, it has to be three points week in, week out. They they've had their slip-ups. They they can't allow for any more. So they need to pick up three points every week. I mean, Gretna, you just don't know what Gretna you're going to get. You know, smashed off civil one week, pump edges for the next. So, you know, what Gretna are going to show up? They went there, took the lead. And then Dishington gets, gets two. And, you know, Gretna goes down to ten men. But... I think the only thing, well, not the only thing we're talking about with Spartans over the weekend was, of course, Jobby Gate. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know which one of the players is blaming the fox for it, but for it to go on for about eighty minutes and no one to notice that there was shite on the park, I think, <laughs> I think is a bit odd. But hey. Mm. It, it went viral. What what a bit for this publicity, even well, uh, for for the team and yeah, some very interesting tweets that I've I've read about it. Gary Lineker getting involved, just madness. Quite incredible, yeah, quite incredible, Callum. And yeah, I mean, I spoke to to Ian McFarlane after it, saying what was going on there, and he said. Yeah, they said they played the game. No one noticed it. It took till about the 80th minute or something for, for it to be picked up. So, well, picked up. Uh, yeah, no pun intended. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Uh, but fair play, you know, a good bit of publicity. And, and uh, yeah, it's been pretty funny looking at the, the tweets and, and the interaction. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's Tainsley Park this weekend. We'll both be there. Massive game. Spartans versus Civil. Huge. And to be honest, Cam, it's not just a big game because of uh, what the grounds are probably about a mile, two miles of each other. It's not just a big game because of the connections between Spartans and Civil Service. You've got uh, former players involved, uh, pre, you know, Spartans players that have now gone to Civil. It's the fact that Spartans have, have played 15, they're on 29 points. Civil have played 15, they're on 28 there's only a point between them. They're fourth and they're fifth in the, in the, the league table at this moment in time. It's a massive game for that reason alone. It's yeah, <laughs> honestly, between the two sides. I genuinely think I'm looking forward to this game more than I am the Edinburgh derby. I'm, I'm genuinely buzzing for this on Saturday. I think it's going to be brilliant. 
I think that there is quality in both teams and I think we're going to see a right good game. I think there's going to be boys out there that are going to want to put on a show because, I mean, on top of what you were saying there, there's guys that are in that Spartans team that were managed by the civil service manager. So mm-hmm. you've got just... It's... Oh, I think I genuinely... I'm buzzing for it. I, I mean, I'll still be semi coherent at that point so I mean I've got the flares packed and everything I'm buzzing it's yeah and you know what two teams in good form as well I'm just looking at the the form table now you know Spartans have won three in a row Civil have won four in a row it's just two teams in form two two teams a point between them I mean it's and you know what it's going to be a nil-nil draw you know what both teams both teams have have to win. It's one of them. Both yeah. if they want to keep if they want to put pressure and have any aspirations of the title. Um, I mean, Spartans probably more than Civil. I think if Civil want to maybe try and break it at top four, um, then it's a must win for them. If Spartans want to have any aspirations of winning the title. It has to be three points for them. I mean, they're nine mm. points behind East Coast at this if, moment in time. It's if Civil are wanting to put a marker down for the improvement they've made under Jardin, then three points here and, you know, the top team from the Edinburgh, Edinburgh Lowland League sides going into 2019, which is massive to think of. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, really look, really looking forward to it. I mean, it's, uh, I hope both teams are at full strength. Um, if you look at both team lines from from last weekend, there was there was changes in both. Um, Spartans had a bit of a makeshift uh, back four. Yeah. Um, in the end, so I, I hope that both teams are at full strength. You know, but, almost like no excuses. Well, will Spartans not still be missing Jack Smith? Is he not still? Well, he'll be out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll obviously still be long term players. Um, you know, sidelined, but you hope that nothing's been picked up from last weekend and maybe players that were maybe just missing the weekend are back. You've got your strongest, you know, you know what I mean, possible yes. side available without long-term injuries. Uh, and, and just two teams just going right at it, just to end the season on a on a real good high. And it would be, uh, yeah, I think it's the place to be. And you know what? They've moved it forward to two o'clock for anybody that's wanting to, to make so a that So that I can make it. That's yeah, it. But, yeah. For any, but for anyone... Wanting to make it a right good day, even if you're just watching the, the derby on at the TV at your local, whatever it is, if you're watching it at home, listen, the game will finish at quarter to four. The derby doesn't start till half past five. I mean, this is the perfect way to, to water your appetite for, um, well, just a, another derby. But this is, for me, this is the big one. This is, I'm, I cannot speak highly enough, and you're the same, of how much we're looking forward to this game on Saturday. Oh. I thought I was more exciting, but more excited. Sorry, but I think you've just taken it too far, almost. <laughs> but yeah, let's 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 end on that and move on. Interesting, to camp, last another, thing. Yeah, last little another, point. Another, interesting. Before yeah, we move on, on. Civil have only drawn one game, league game this season. So, you know, only one draw. So, it, yeah, interesting. Perhaps it will be. Do you think there'll be a winner, or do you think it'll be? Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent. I think. I think. I think we're going to be treated to a fantastic game of fast-flowing football. It's going to end up like 4-3 or something because uh, that's that's how I can see it going. And I'll keep my 
keep my prediction to myself for once. Okay, well, you can you can announce all, see if it comes through on the next podcast. Absolutely. Moving on to Embrini Callum to, to to close us out on the show. They've got they've got a tricky one to end twenty nineteen. They face well, <laughs> surprisingly, that we're going to say probably we would be thinking we probably be saying they're facing the current leaders of the low league, but it's not been a good last couple of games for Kelty Hearts. Uh, they got beat pretty comfortably by BSC three 0 they drew nil-nil last weekend to Vale of Leith and a real disappointing result for them. So Kettley are currently third now in the Lowland League. And the Uni, they've had a bit of a stop-start last couple of weeks. Again, another free week for them uh, last weekend. But you know what? If Ember Uni can play how they can, there might be a little, a little upset here. Well, they went through to New Central Park and got a, a point there, two-all draw, battled back twice in what I genuinely believe was... An absolute battering they received. The the uni do have a very good squad. I do actually rate them. Having gone to see them, I was impressed with what they had and how they moved the ball, etc. Going forward, they were just, I think, decision making in the final third cost them against LBE. So I do think that they've got enough to to be a, a real good side, and I think that. There's nothing to say that they can't take points off Kelly. Yeah, I mean, the last three games, certainly the last three lonely games, Callum, that'll be disappointing. It's two defeats and a draw for, for Ember Union in the last three uh, league outings. Mm-hmm. Kelty, uh, as I said, they're a, a, a loss and a draw in their last two. So it's two teams uh, in the top half that aren't in fantastic form over the last couple of weeks. But uh, yeah. both teams will be looking perhaps for three points to finish. 2019 on a, on a real good high. Yeah, 100%. I think Kelty will certainly be looking at it to get their season sort of back on track after two two games where they failed to pick up three points. So they'll definitely be looking at this as one they can win. But, you know, the Uni are a tough nut to crack and I genuinely think that they've got a good chance of sneaking something. Yeah, all they have to do, Calum, is show, show uh, performances which they've done already this season. The ones we've seen against East Kilbride, the ones we've seen against Spartans, the ones we've seen against Kelty previously. So it's in them; they've got it in them, but it will be, it will be, uh, it will be tough. Okay, it's uh, it's been a full-on show, Calm. It's uh, as it always is. We had a lot to get through. Uh, big game this weekend. Some real good games. Two Edinburgh derbies. Uh, a good game at Peffermill as well. And um, yeah, we hope you had a nice Christmas. If we don't speak to you beforehand, have a good New Year. And um, that's been uh, episode 23 of the Ember Football Podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. I've been Andrew. I've been Calm. And that was the Ember Football Podcast. <laughs>